Number four, the book of First Corinthians, chapter number four. We've been studying uh, through the book of First Corinthians. Uh, it takes us into chapter four, verse number one, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on this verse. Uh, we could spend a lot more time going through the entire book, but uh, God has kind of led us to to hit chapter four, and then we're going to take a, a different direction of study. Uh, so we're going to look at First Corinthians, chapter number four. Verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 4, verse number 1. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Tonight I don't look at these two verses. I'm going to look at it from a standpoint of, uh, of actual accountability. Now, uh, I was talking to Miss Joan Kennedy last week as a teacher and administrator. I asked her, I said, uh, it was talking about a warranty or something or other. And, uh, she said, well, I, I need some paperwork on it. I need some documentation. If it comes with a warranty, I need a paper that says it comes with a warranty. I said, well, how come you need all that? She said, because I was a teacher and administrator for years. And if you don't have it written down, if you don't have it words, then, then how are you going to hold somebody accountable? How are you going to hold a company accountable, a person accountable? And uh, I got to thinking back, and, and my principal, Yvonne, though, she kept a notebook. And every conversation she ever had, she wrote it down. And every phone call she ever took, she wrote it down. Every email she ever sent, she saved. And, and that, the reason is because people have to be held accountable. Why do people have to be held accountable? It's called a paper trail. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what it is. A paper trail, it, it's some sort of proof because it's really hard to take people at their word. If somebody says, well, I didn't do that. The person who always done everything in our house was not me. Always, always the culprit. They so many, not me's living around Pine, Louisiana. Oh my goodness. Every house has got it. Not me. Because not me, always done. And I don't want to look at three people or three individuals, three groups that we have to be accountable for. And the first one is, is we have to be accountable to ourselves. If you have your Bibles, uh, go to Luke in chapter number 19. Uh, well, we're going to do a little bit of flip flopping in the Old and New Testament tonight. Keep your Bibles open. Look, open Luke in chapter number 19. Jesus tells a story, and he don't call it a parable. It's a, uh, I believe that it's an actual happening. We're going to pick up in verse number 12, Luke number 19. He said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said, Occupy till I come. But the citizens hated him and sent a message after him. We will not have this man reign over us. And it came to pass when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded the servants to call unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he may know how much they had made remain to gain by trading. And the first came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well done, thou, well, thou good servant. Believe, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise. Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, here is thy pound, which I have laid up and kept in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Now take us up, but if thou layest not down, and reap us what thou did not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up what I did not lay down, and reaping what I did not sow. Therefore thou then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I may have required mine own with usury. Whenever it comes to being a steward, whenever it comes to being accountable, we are not owners of God's Word. 
We are not owners of the church. We are not owners of the Holy Spirit. We are not owners. We're not. God gave us His Word exactly like this man gave His his servants. He said, occupy until I come. We are stewards. We are to take care. We are to increase. We are to use. We are to grow. He said, occupy until I come. Take it, use it. Take it, share it. Whenever it comes to God's Word, a lot of times, and especially in the church, uh, we consider ourselves owners. Uh, we, We consider ourselves Responsible, and there's a very, very big difference in being an owner and being a responsible party. The responsible party is the one who is responsible for taking care of things. The buck stops here. If something goes wrong, it's on you. But the owner is the one who's bought and paid for. And I don't know who bought and paid for this building, but I know who bought and paid for the church. And that wasn't any of us. Whenever the Bible says that that that, that, the, that these servants were given an opportunity to occupy. This is the gift that God has given them, and there's so many messages preached from this and from many points of views. We're not going to get into the talents. We're not going to get into the pounds. But the man said, occupy until I come. God has given us an opportunity as stewards of his word. And I know in 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking uh, mainly about ministers. But we're all supposed to be ministering his word into the world. We're supposed to be carrying that out. Every Christian is either, is either a, a missionary or a fraud, Right? Every one of them. As a Christian, if you call yourself a saved, born-again believer, you're either a missionary or a fake. That's the only two options. Because Jesus told His church, He said to go and carry my word into the whole world. To everywhere. To Jerusalem. To, to, to Judea. And to the uttermost parts of the earth. That includes Pine and State Line and Tyler Town and Bogalusa and everywhere else. The uttermost parts of the earth. So as a Christian, we are either a missionary or we are a fraud because we're not doing our job. We're a fake. God gave us His Word. God gave us uh, uh, an opportunity to occupy. Paul said, let a man uh, so account of us as the ministers of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God. Talking about His Word. Talking about His Spirit. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found Faithful. I want to look at that word for just a little while tonight, and then we're going to go back to being a, being personally accountable. But in order to be faithful, we have to be loyal, steadfast, and true. That is Webster's definition of being faithful. Tonight, we can find ourselves faithful in a lot of things. We always put our pants on the same leg first every time. You put your pants on the same leg first every time. If you always do it with your left leg first, you're always going to do it left leg first. It's a habit. We're creatures of habit. And because of that, we find our loyalties most of the time forming through habit. If you went to LSU to school, you're probably an LSU fan. If you live in LSU State, you're probably an LSU fan. If you live in Louisiana and you're an Alabama fan, you're just messed up in the head. You're not an Alabama fan. It is what it is. But it's formed out of habit. If you went to Bowling Green to school, you're a Bowling Green fan. If your kids went to Pine, you're a Raider fan. Oh, my goodness. Way back in the day. I got a blanket that still says that on. If you, if you went to Pine yourself, you're probably a Rebel fan. It was Raider when I come through. But it's, it's formed out of habit because we're invested in that. So if we're going to be faithful Christians, if we're going to be faithful to the banner of God, and God don't have a mascot, He has a... He has a Savior. 
He has a son. And if God is going to be faithful, if we're going to be faithful to that, it's not something that should be out of habit. If we're going to be faithful, it should be out of loyalty to Him. And not because we went there, not because it's something that we like, not because we like the colors, but because of what He's done for us. That's the reason we're loyal to God. We're not loyal because it's convenient. We're not loyal because my daddy was. We're not faithful. We're not steadfast. We're not true just because it's the easy thing to do. It's the opposite. It's the hardest thing that we're ever going to try to do is be loyal to God. Several years ago, and I don't remember exactly where it out. I think it was whenever ISIS started taking over and throwing a fit in the Middle East. They, they executed all these people because they, they professed Christ. And, and I remember seeing videos of it. They, they never would play the whole thing on the news, but everything shows up on YouTube. And they showed videos of it, and they said, if, if, you'll, uh, if you'll blaspheme the name of God, we'll spare your life. And they wouldn't, and they commenced cutting people's heads off because they, would not, they wouldn't go against God. They wouldn't blaspheme the name of God. And the question came up during all that time, and like I said, it was several years ago. The question came up is, is how loyal are we? How loyal am I? If somebody came and put a gun in our head tonight and said, hey, curse God or die. That's what Job's wife said, right? There's a song that says, I'll not turn my back on him now. I love that song. I think the Inspirations used to sing. Curse the Lord and die, she said, Job. Curse the Lord and die. He said, no, I'll not turn my back on him now. My vows were made for good or bad. He's been the best friend I ever had. Now I'll not turn my back on him now. Job was loyal. And Job went through all kind of stuff. And he never turned his back on God. She said, curse the Lord and die. Job, he's took everything from you. He's took your health. He's took your family. He's took your wealth. He's, he's taken everything but your life. Curse him and die. Job said, he's been the best friend I ever had. He's, he's done too much for me. He said, I will not do it. I can't do it. Are we going to find ourselves that loyal? Whenever it comes to being stewards of the, of the gospel, part of that is being loyal. Part of that is, is preaching, teaching, carrying the truth out into this world. If we're going to be found faithful, then we have to be found faithful in every aspect of our Christian life. Just because we don't cuss don't mean that we're great Christians. Just because we do don't mean that we're bad Christians. To be loyal to God is to be... A, let me use it a different way. To be a loyal LSU fan, it means that you're a fan no matter who the coach is, no matter how many points they're down, no matter how close they came to losing to Mississippi State, no matter how bad they got beat last week. If you're an LSU fan, you're an LSU fan, period. What's that they say? You bleed purple and gold, right? You either do or you don't. You're a fan or you're not. If you're a God fan, it's not a part of the time. It's not only when things are good. If you're going to be loyal to God, that means sticking with God. When times are good, when times are bad, when things are tough, when things are hard, when things are crazy, when things are easy. The song says God on the mountain is still God in the valley. All the time. And if we're going to be faithful, if we're going to be loyal, if we're going to be stewards of God's word, it has to be something that is constant. To be loyal is one thing, but the, the other definition of faithful is to be steadfast. To be steadfast is to be unmovable. To be sturdy, to be solid, not to sway. The Bible says in the last days that, that, that they'll come people preaching things that ain't quite of the Bible. Paul told, uh, I think it was Corinthians, 
may have been Romans, I don't remember. He, he told one of them, he said, he said, don't be swayed about like little children, tossed about with every wind of doctrine. He said, but be sturdy, be steadfast, be solid in the gospel. But how can we be solid in something that, that we don't pay attention to, something that we don't read, something we don't listen to, something that we don't dive off into? How can we consider ourselves, the song says, I'll not, I shall not be moved, right? I shall not, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Though the tempest rages, I shall not be moved. Regardless of what shows up, I am with God. That's what Job said. He, he wouldn't be moved. That is what faithful is. If we are going to be accountable, we first, and, and I wrote down three of them up here. The first person we are accountable to is ourselves, Because we know whenever we're not faithful. We know whenever we slip. We know whenever we're not steadfast. We know whenever we begin to shake. We know whenever we begin to rattle. And we must first hold ourselves accountable. And I know that's something very, very hard to do because I can say, hey, I'm making New Year's resolution. We're famous for them, right? I'm making New Year's resolution. I'm going to cut out sugar. What do we like to eat right around New Year's time? We're eating that leftover Christmas candy. Oreo balls, haystacks, peanut butter, chocolate, all the sugar. And we'll break them resolutions just like that. But we'll, we won't break them necessarily. We'll, we'll justify it in our mind. And we'll say, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'll put it off a week because I, I, I really got all this good Christmas food. And I'm going to put it off one more week. If we're going to hold ourselves actually accountable, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Today, did I take every opportunity that God presented me with to share His Word? Yes or no? We can say yes and make ourselves feel better, but if it's a lie, then we're not holding ourselves accountable. First person we're accountable to is ourselves because we know the truth. Whether we choose to believe it or not, we know the truth. We know if we, if, if we did right today. We know if we took the opportunity today. We know if we messed up today. We know if we neglected to pray. We know if we neglected to read and study. We know if we neglected... To spend time in God's Word. We know if we neglected opportunities He set before us to share the gospel with others. We know that. Because the Holy Spirit will let us know that. First person we're accountable to is ourselves. Second is other people. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are accountable to them. The church that we are a part of, the church that we are a member of, and I'm not talking about harmony, I'm talking about the church of God that we've been baptized into. That, that, is, that is who we're accountable to. We are a representation of God's people. What national football team jumps off of trucks and breaks tables? Y'all remember? There's a team that's known for their fans jumping up and breaking tables. Nobody? Buffalo. Buffalo. That's what the team is known for. For some reason, they, they just have the gumption to, to jump up and break tables. That's what they just want to do. But whenever they're wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey... And they jump off at that, that tailgate and they break that table and they're acting a royal fool. You look at them and say, them Bills fans are crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because they're wearing that shirt, they're a representation of them. Whenever you wear an LSU shirt, you're a representation of them. Whenever you zip up an FFA jacket, you're representing the entire organization and everybody that's a part of it. Whenever you wear a Pine Letterman jacket, you're representing the alumni of Pine, you're representing the school of Pine, you're representing the community of Pine. And as Christians, we're representing the church. Everywhere we go and everything we do. We may not wear a shirt. I think we should, but we, we wear something better. The Holy Spirit should shine like a light in us. Jesus said we are the light of the world. And you, you can't hide a light. Can't do it. 
so the world should be able to see that we're a Christian do that. Whenever we act out, whenever we act a fool, we're not just damaging ourselves. Your mama ever whooped you and said, hey, I didn't raise you to act that way. You ever looked at somebody and said, ooh, her mama didn't spank them enough. Because that kid is not just a representation of themselves. It's a representation of their parents. It's a representation of their grandparents. It's a representation of their last name. And we are a representation of this church. What do other people think of our church? What do other people think of God? If the only opportunity they ever had to meet a Christian was them to meet us, would our personality, would our share in the gospel, would our behavior encourage them to visit our church? Or would they say, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want nothing to do with that. I went to church in Winsboro, Louisiana one time. I didn't know what it was. It was called the Apostolate. Apostolic. That's it. Apostolic. Apostolic, that was it. Apostolic. It was Apostolic Chapel is what it was. It was humongous. And the friends that we were hunting with, that's where they went to church. So I said, hey, we'll go to church. Well, the friends that we were hunting with were kind of out there. And, and they, they would tell you about Jesus, but they were kind of different about it. Not quite the same as we were raised. So whenever we went, we walked into church and it was humongous. I mean, way up here, bigger than any church I'd ever been in. And we walked in there and we sat down and it, it seemed normal. And they, they had a band, so I said, well, that's a little different, but hey, it's a big church. So we sat down and they commenced to play and this guy started getting up there and shouting and screaming in a foreign language. And I said, this ain't, this ain't right. <laughs> Something ain't quite. So this, this other guy, he started making laps around the church. I mean, just making laps, no apparent reason. Making laughs. A couple of kids started jumping up and down in the pews. They was hooping and hollering. They was ended up by the time we uh we, we didn't hang around very long, but by the time we was getting on our, our way out of there, there was a five or six guys standing up on the stage. I call it a stage because it can't be a pulpit. Standing up on the stage, screaming and shouting in, in all kind of different language. Not I don't know if they knew what they were saying. I didn't know what they were saying. But just standing up there and going absolutely crazy. So you know what I think every time I pass and a pop the apostolic church now every time I pass in the apostolic church I think well them people must be crazy if they go there that's what I think because the only one I ever went to the only people that I ever knew that was associated with that type of church it, it was a crazy experience this guy come around putting his hands on everybody my brother looked up and said I'll bite you <laughs> he did my little brother he said put your hands on me you'll lose a finger and that's when that's when we left we, we told Mr. Shady we was going to sit in the truck we went outside and we sat on the tailgate in a few minutes. They, they got finished and they come on out. Everybody was sweating and wore out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had a kid I taught him on to do a few years later. And he said that he went to the apostolic church. I said, what's that church like? He said, oh, it's crazy. I can't wait till I'm old enough to stop going. And that was a kid's experience with a Christian person. <clears throat> that was a kid's experience with someone who called themselves Christian. Because they, they do. They, they call themselves Christian. And that was his experience with church. As he said, as soon as I'm old enough, I'm, I'm getting out of there. He said, everybody I know is crazy. Every one of them. How do people view us? Because we're supposed to take notes from Jesus, right? What did Jesus do? Jesus went and had dinner with sinners. He told Zacchaeus, I'm going to come home with you. 
He told the woman, he said, Thy faith has made thee whole. He healed the lepers and said, He healed the blind man. He told the man that he never walked. He said, Stand up. Walk. Jesus hung out with sinners. But I want you to notice something. If you read through the New Testament, you can start in Matthew and end up in John. You read through the whole New Testament, you can make a list of all the sinners that Jesus hung out with. And of all the sinners and all the terrible, awful people that Jesus hung out with, not a one of them changed Him. None of them changed Him. He changed them. Because of the person that He was, because of the attitude, because of the character that He had, He changed the people He was around. And not the other way around. Jesus hung out with sinners. And He changed them. If we're going to be accountable to ourselves, we have to, we have to take notes from Christ. We have to have that same love. We have to have that same forgiveness. And it's hard. It's, it's terribly hard. But we may be the only Bible someone ever reads. If we're going to tell somebody we're a Christian, we are representing the church of God. We are representing God. What are people going to think? We are accountable of everything that we say or do personally. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 16. I'll read it to you if you don't want to turn. It says, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children. Neither shall the children be put to death for the father. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. Now, we're not talking about killing anybody. We're talking about being accountable for my own self. In the same way that, that I could not save you and you could not save your kids and your kids could not save you, you're not accountable to your kids. You will not be judged based on their sin. Now, you'll be judged if, if, if I'll be judged if I fail in raising them, if I fail in teaching them, if I fail in spanking them, if I fail in teaching them and, and abiding by the Word of God, then I'll be judged. But if I teach them right, they, still, they go out and they still mess up, I won't be judged for that. Brother Ed, I won't be judged for when you mess up. Brother Randy, I won't be judged for when you mess up. And be thankful, ain't none of y'all going to be judged when I mess up. That's not the way it works. We are all accountable for our own actions. We are accountable to ourselves first. We are accountable to, our, accountable to the church of God second. And we are accountable to God Almighty third. Ezekiel chapter number 18. I'm going to read it. See, we're just going to read one verse here. Book of Ezekiel, chapter number 18, verse number 20. It said, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. If we do right, we get rewarded for that right. There was a kid wrote a letter one time and a teacher friend of mine shared it in an email chain or something or other. I got an email. It says she punished the whole class because one person was talking. So the whole class got in trouble. And as it turns out, that is considered a war crime in the Geneva Convention. Whenever they wrote the, the World Peace, uh, the, the Geneva Convention, Convention, history people know what I'm talking about. Anyway, you, you, you can't judge, you, you can't punish everybody for one man's crime. Every man is held accountable for their own crime. You can't judge the country based on one man's action that does not reflect back on that country. 
And it applies to people as well. And it applies to Christians as well. I won't be judged for what you do. You won't be judged for what I do. But we will all be judged for what we do. Me and Daddy were sitting in the shop talking last week. No. Last night? Night before last. Yeah, it was night before last. I was spraying some cabinets the wrong color. He come in there and we sat down and talking. And we got to talk about judgment for some reason or other. And I told him I, I, I've been kind of thinking about it. I think that we will be awfully terribly upset whenever judgment comes because of the things that we've done wrong. And I think we'll shed tears and I think that we'll be sorry and, and, and our head will be hanging low. But I think that we will weep over the opportunities that we missed that we don't even know we had. Over the things that God wanted to bless us with but couldn't because of our stubbornness, because of our disobedience, because of our pride. I believe that God will be able to show us, hey, you could have had this, but you wouldn't listen. You could have had this, but you wouldn't pray. You could have had this, but you wouldn't share my word. You could have had this. You could have done this. But it's all up to us. And on that day, the accountability comes before God. And we'll be judged based on what we do and what we didn't do. We'll be judged based on how faithful we actually were. I've preached before, and I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else. I heard a guy say one time, he said, are you a bandwagon Christian? And that really resonated with me because I'm a bandwagon LSU fan. For, for those of you who don't know, whenever LSU loses, if I have a tie that matches the color of the team they were playing, I'm going to wear it. I'm a bandwagon LSU fan. If they go, if they go all the way, hey, I'll wear purple and gold. But if they don't, I'm not. I'm just not a, I'm just not a committed person. Are we a bandwagon Christian? Do we take the opportunities every day or just when it suits us? Just when we're feeling like it. Do we sing God music or Christian music? I was talking to a girl today. She went to the Arise Conference and whenever she came back, she said, my, my boyfriend went and, and, and he said that it changed his life. And he came home and for two weeks, he played that God music every day. And now he's back to that old nasty stuff. So well, he's a bandwagon Christian. It changed his life for two weeks. Do we do it when it suits us? Do we follow God when it suits us? Or do we follow God always? Will we be found faithful? Will I be found faithful? The Bible says that we are to examine ourselves. It says don't judge one another and we're not going to get any judging tonight. But it says over and over, examine yourself. Tonight, if, if we were to be real honest with ourselves, would we be found faithful? being stewards of the Word of God, to occupy, to teach, to grow. To grow means to share God's Word with other people, to multiply. Y'all have heard of the, the pyramid schemes, right? They, they've come through. My mom participated in most of them. So you go and, and you sell this product and, and you get bonus points if you get four other people involved and then you get bonus points if those four people get four other people involved and it just spreads out just like that. Why don't Christianity spread that fast? Why don't we share the gospel that quick? We share everything else. Well, we have a verse for song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation. Someone will have something on their heart for giving up.